Welcome to the Riot Podcast, where we have practical discussions on how to share your faith, see the news from God's eyes, and answer some of faith's hardest questions. Welcome to the Riot Podcast, everybody. This is Bob Shoneman, along with my co-host, Barry Rice. Hey, everybody. So excited to talk to you today. And... Pete Robertson, how are you today, Pete? Mac Daddy's in the house. Mac Daddy, <laughs> man, we haven't been. Minute, it's Pete Mac. Hey, <laughs> we Mac. haven't been using the nicknames on the show. We all have nicknames outside of the show, and uh, as you get to know us more, maybe you'll you'll pick up some of those. <laughs> Mac Daddy, that's awesome. That's awesome. So, how was your week, guys? That's good. It was good. Yeah. So hey, I'm still week. I'm still in uh, Easter mode. To be honest with you, I, you know, it's like it it, it lasts for several weeks with me. That's a good mode to be in the season, the Easter season, we'll call it. Yeah, absolutely. I like it. Well, maybe you can keep it all. Well, what is uh, Pentecost is what? 50 days, something like that. Yeah, something like that. You could just make, can you hold on to it for that long? Uh Oh, I can. I can. I love it. I love it. Well, we had, um, Pete was with me. We had, uh, we had a dinner Saturday night on the lake and a cool thing happened. We watched the storm roll through and there were like twin tornadoes. I mean, I, I guess water spouts is probably more accurate <laughs> coming across the lake and we had to run for our lives. It was pretty incredible. Yeah. Let's let, you know, Bob is like, so like famous that he has these pods, like these packs of people all over the world. <laughs> And so he has to celebrate his birthday for like, it, it literally takes a full month just to get all the celebration in. And so like one week you were celebrating with a bunch of people in one area and then another week we're celebrating. I'm just grateful to know you and just to be a part of this. And, and so I was able to be a part of two different ones. But yeah, that was a lot of fun. So yeah. be able to be able to be swept away with a tornado that came at us. Well, I'm just whatever they call them, water sprouts. by more friends than I could possibly deserve. <clears throat> but it was it was cool. It was a. Uh, it was, it was a little hit and miss there for a little bit. I, you know, we all had our families out. There's like a peninsula that goes out into the lake and we're all out there. We're taking a, taking a group picture and then all of a sudden the storm starts coming in and we're like running for our lives, trying to get back to it. One of our, one of our friends, Gustavo, he was coming, he was just getting there when we were leaving and he has a video of me running. Yeah. And so I'm running and then little, little did I know, I was trying to figure out why is my back hurt so bad? And I have like this strain that goes all the way down my butt, all the way down my leg. And it comes, it's, it's because of that running. I cannot run. Lord help me. My body is not. I'm just glad good. you didn't pull. I think it's all muscle. that pitching you did back you know, in the baseball, days. You know, still that sciatic nervous. Oh, I know that the, the arthritis that I have down there is from that. Yeah. Absolutely. And you're still a young whippersnapper. Yeah. Wait till you get old like Barry. That's true. That is you. So true. You and you. You're a good one to speak <laughs> since it was your birthday. <laughs> but anyway. Right. Barry, I, I, I heard you had a bear in your yard again today. Dude, I have a bear in my yard every <laughs> time that they come cool and get place. the garbage. Was he in the hot tub? Oh, no, not in the hot tub, but you should paste that that <laughs> uh, picture funny, so that everybody man. know what we're That's talking about. That's a good about. idea. I'll yeah. put it on Facebook. Y'all check it out on Facebook. It's a bear in a hot tub, but it could have happened at my house. It really could have. We 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 recently had a a uh, a mother bear and a younger cub, like a year old. And uh, I have labs. And if you're ever looking for a lab, I'm your guy. That's I'm right. talking. I raise labs. And, and we have gotten into the French Bulldogs. But anyway... My young puppy that's like five months old, six months old, uh, 
we we uh, have been really protecting him from the Bears because we know that you know he's young and and he does he gets scared you know, but now everything's changed. He he has bowed up to the Bears. He ran the big one off and he treed the one year old bear and the, and the one year old bear probably weighs two fifty, but Jeez. my my puppy weighs probably <laughs> sixty pounds, but. Uh, it, it was amazing. We're so proud. And we call him Tebow, so, but we call him Bo for short. And uh, he's a bear treer, man. Or yeah, that. Is that Tebow or T-Bone? Which one is that? It's it's after the uh, University of Florida oh, quarterback. I walked right into that one. <laughs> yeah. Anybody yeah. that knows Bob went to Florida State University. A Florida, wait, he's a Florida State Seminole. That's and, right. Uh, yeah, yeah, he only wears one color underwear. It's crimson. That's it. It's garnet. It's garnet. Or whatever that color is. <laughs> him and his, I think it's really his wife. I think it. it's really pink. But anyway. Wait a minute. <laughs> so I'm, that's man, awesome. I'm comfortable enough in my manhood to wear pink underwear. I can wear it. I can rock pink. Yeah, you can rock the pink. <laughs> I love pink. Don't don't take it any further, guys. <laughs> one of you guys will say, Well, I'm comfortable enough not to wear any. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> So we've had a couple great Sorry, weeks. We had, Apologize. yeah, I know, changing the subject quickly. Um, Nat, if you didn't haven't listened to our last two episodes, jump into those. Just uh, amazing. We gave uh, some tips on how to share your faith. Yeah. We jumped into uh, Easter. And um, man, we're, but before that, we were talking about what, Pete? We were talking about end times. Yeah. And um, we were talking about the rapture. We talked about the, uh, the battle of Gog and Magog. Did I say that right? Yeah. See, I'm learning. Sure. Every time I hang out with you guys, I learn more. <laughs> and this week, I, um, I I really plan on learning a lot because this whole 70 weeks of Daniel and all that stuff was very confusing, is very confusing to me still. And uh, I hope that uh, the show today helps clear that up for me, but more importantly, for the listeners. So yeah. I'm sure there's, I'm sure I'm not the only one out there that this is kind of, uh, this is new to or confusing to, but Pete, why don't you give us a, a recap before we even jump well, in? Very yeah, I that. got a yeah. question, yeah, Pete. Yeah, of course. Uh, you know, I just, I just thought about this. What is people's favorite episodes? What, what do people, oh, that's a good question. What do people uh, have listened the most of? It seems like people gravitate to, in it's hard to do this each week, but it seems like everybody, they gravitate to the how to's and the basic tips. Those seem to be pretty popular. So when we come up with, when we do a show to like how to share your faith or basic tips on sharing your faith or how to love somebody or, you know, just that kind of thing, those seem to work the best as far as listeners and attracting to them. Um, but we do have a, you know, there's many of you guys out there that are listening that are, that have been with us for a while. And, you know, you're just faithful because you're just growing in the Lord or you're, you know, we make you laugh or there's just something that we're helping, you know, with different subjects. Recipes. So, you know, you know, I really want to challenge our listeners today. Could you please do Barry Rice a favor? That's what Pete thinks are, are uh, from your reaction and how many people have listened to it, our, our best shows. Could you tell me your favorite shows so yeah, far? Yeah, that'd be good. That'd be I awesome. mean, this is like our 24th, 25th or something like that. Yeah. And I'd love, I want to know, inquiring minds want to know, what is your favorite show so far? Yeah. Or what are you looking for too? I mean, this is the reason why we're even doing the the prophecies because we've been asked personally to do That's this right. show. That's right. And so we're doing this because, and then there's a lot of pastors. If you look across the land today, there's a lot of pastors that are touching on this, this subject. You know, uh, my son's pastor is starting the book of revelations next week. 
you know, and there's a lot of, lot of pastors that are, that this is on what's happening in today's world. And so we're talk, talking about how it. many years is he planning on preaching? <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I mean, you just, you do a shorter version of it. So yeah. kind of like what we're going to do today, we're going to do a brief overview. Um, there's different levels that we could do that. And so if we wanted to, we could do a thousand weeks just on this subject we're going to talk about today. We could do a thousand weeks on 70 weeks. Yeah, we could probably do. I mean, there's so many things we could talk about, but we're just going to briefly touch on things so people will be encouraged to study it for themselves. So before I rudely uh, uh, interrupt it with my question, uh, Pete, bring us up to speed from where we've been. All right. So this is where we're at. So we first talked about, so we're doing the prophecy in times now. So we're getting back into it. We're shifting again. Um, we first talked about the, the U.S. role and, the, and Israel's role. Remember, we talked about that prophecy in times is about Israel. Okay. So everything is about Israel. The church era is different, you know. And so we, we talked about Israel's role and the rapture of the church. And so, um, you know, when we look, we talked about what we see, the signs of the times. We talked about Matthew 24, you know, about the, you know, the days of Noah and so on. And so we can testify that we think that God is coming soon. We see see the, the, the writing on the wall, so to speak. There's a lot that's happening. And so we talked about that. So if you haven't listened to that show, go back and look at the, uh, the church, the rapture of the church. And then after the rapture of the church, we then talked about what's going to happen when we get in heaven. You know, that was a really cool show. So we got raptured and we went up to heaven and we, we, we hung out with Jesus. We're hanging out with Jesus. You know why the tribulation is taking place down below, but we're, we're talking about up in heaven. So if you want to know more about that, go back and look. Then from there, we talked about after the church is raptured, the invasion of Israel. And so there's a gap we talked about. So after the rapture, there was a, a space, a time that took place before the end times, before the, the tribulation happened. We believe that there was a, a war. And that is in Ezekiel 38, where we talked about the invasion of of Israel and in Magog, the Magog war, where they, where the, the Arab countries and Russia came against Israel to defeat them. And, and we talked about how Israel was the victor. Israel won and, and God came and intervened for them. And we talked about all of that. And so that was a really cool episode. Go back and look at the invasion of Israel and, and hear that and, and understand that. And so at the end of that show, we then said, all right, it now sets the stage for the Antichrist. Now the now that Israel is the big man on campus, is the, the church is already gone, but now Israel defeats Russia, defeats the Arab nations again. They already did it in the Six-Day War, but here they are doing it again, and, and, they're, and all the world took notice. And so now the Antichrist can now come onto the scene and now take precedence and say, hey, let's sign a peace treaty with Israel because they're powerful, right? Let's sign a peace treaty with Israel. Let's, let's open up this, this, you know, availability with them. So be able to talk with them. Yeah. There. Yeah. I, I love what you're saying, man. And there is so many good episodes that, that we have done that, that you need to check out if you haven't, it really is. Uh, I, these guys here are some of my favorite speakers, some of my favorite talkers i mean the information they give is just amazing so so we're going to jump in it today yeah so let's go ahead and do this let me just let me just read i'm going to read out the nlt so hit again anybody that's listening to this 
um, do your own homework. So this is where you're going to find it. Daniel 9, we're going to talk about the 70th week of Daniel, what that is, how does that relate to the Antichrist? How does that um, you know, help us understand the Bible in context? So I'm going to go ahead and read what we're going to talk about, and then we're going to dissect it. So let's read Daniel 9, verse 24 through 27. So I'm going to read it now in the NLT. So if you guys are uh, at home and you want to pull up your Bible app, pull it up to D Daniel 9. Uh, in the NLT, and you'll follow along with me. Verse 24. So a period of seven, 70 sets of seven has been decreed for your people in your holy city to finish their rebellion, to put an end to their sin, to atone for their guilt, and to bring in everlasting righteousness, to confirm the prophetic vision, and to anoint the most holy place. Now listen and understand, seven sets of seven plus 62 sets of seven will pass from time to commend our time, time the command is given to rebuild Jerusalem until a ruler, the anointed one, comes. Jerusalem will be rebuilt in streets and strong defenses despite the perilous times. After this period of 62 sets of seven, an anointed one will be killed, appearing to have accomplished nothing. A ruler will rise whose armies will destroy the city and the temple, and the end will come with a flood and the war and its miseries are decreed from the time they to the time the very end. The ruler will make a treaty with the people for a period of one set of seven. But after the half this time, he will put an end to the sacrifices and offerings. And, at the, and as at the climax to all the terrible deeds, he will set up a sacrilegious object that causes desecration until the fate decreed for the defiler is finally poured out on him. So let me just set this up. So this is Daniel's prayer. Daniel 9 is Daniel's prayer. And he's praying that the Israelites will be back, come back to the land after 70 years of captivity. So he's in Babylon. And, and this is a prophecy that he's asking. He's asking God to reveal to him Jeremiah 24, I believe is 25, where they, it says that the, the 70 years will be done. And so God's saying, God, when is that 70 years going to be up? When is the Israelites going to be able to go back? And he's, and he's humbling himself before the God. And God is saying, all right, I'm going to answer that, but I'm going to give you a big whopper. I'm going to give you not only that in prophecy, that that's going to happen, but I'm going to give you the Messiah and I'm going to give you the Antichrist. I'm going to give you this, this future right now, and I'm going, to exp I'm going to drop it on your lap so that you can tell all of humanity of the things that are going to happen, the things that are going to come. And so that's what's happening here. That's what you're hearing. That's what you're reading. This is Daniel. He's crying out to the Lord, and God has given him a whopper. And so what we're going to do today is let's just dissect that. So let's just take each verse. We'll dissect it. We'll walk through it and explain what it's talking about. All right. What a great setup, Pete. And I mean, I would encourage each of you as you're diving back into this, go back and read all of Daniel 9. Uh, Pete was just talking about uh, Daniel's prayer, but it really sets up the part that, that Pete just read in verses 20 through the end, I think. Um, so just jump back into it. It's an, it's an amazing prayer. And you kind of really hear Daniel's heart. And like I said, it really sets it up. Let me pray so, real quick. Though. Yeah. Lord, I just pray right now that you would just help us yes, to, to speak this truth, Lord, that you would help us to speak it in clear manner. And Lord, that everybody that's hearing it, that they would be able to receive it. But more than anything else, that they would just be passionate to be in your word, to learn more, to know more about you, who you are as a good God, and that we would, again, be able to share your truth in such a way that it reveals your love 
your love for humanity, your love for the Israeli people, your love for all of us. Lord, we want you glorified. So speak now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So let's jump into um, jump into verse by verse here and talk a little bit about the 70 weeks of Daniel and what it is and, and is it is it even relevant today? So in Daniel 9.25, it says, Know therefore and understand that from the going out of the word to the restore and build Jerusalem to the coming of an anointed one, a prince, there shall be seven weeks. Then for 62 weeks, it shall be built again and a squares and moats, but in a troubled time. What does that mean? So it, it's, so let's use this. So Israel's the timetable. So this is what we were um, talking about at the beginning of when we did all of this. All of end times prophecy has to do with Israel. So we have to understand that the church age, the era of the church is gone. It's removed. And so now we're talking about Israel. So from the beginning, God is, is set apart his, his bride, his Israel, his, his people. He loves them. He set them up on a hill and, and he wanted them to shine for the, for, so that people would know that he's God. He set them apart. He, he made them a different type of people, a holy people unto himself, right? That's never changed. So we have to understand that that's never changed. So even today, even though we have the church era, God's love for his people is always the same. And so right now he's dealing with the church. He's dealing with the Gentiles. He's dealing with the people outside of Israel's nation. Israel is still blind to this. Okay. They're still not seeing the Jesus as the Messiah. They're still not seeing the, the big picture here. And so what we're seeing here is now God is saying, all right, here's what I'm going to do with Israel. So he's saying this, the Israel's timetable is divided up over 70 groups of seven years. Okay. A total of 490 years. So when you see see that it's talking about 70 groups of seven years. The first 69 groups of seven years equals or comes to 483 years. So why is that significance? What is the 483 years in it to um, uh, have to do? And so what it's talking about is, is to restore and rebuild Jerusalem for the coming of the anointed one. So remember, we talked about that. We'll get into that in verse 26. So it's coming of the anointed one. So here's what, so God told Daniel, he says, all right, so in 483 years after you come back into the nation, so the 70 years is up, you come back into the nation, 483 years from that time, the anointed one's going to come on the scene. And so that's what that, that, that chapter and that verse is talking about. So yeah. is that the time of, of Nehemiah when, when he would come in and rebuild the walls? He's asking his brothers yeah. who have been to Jerusalem, what is the state of Jerusalem? Yep. And he goes to XR, Exertes, yeah, Exertes, yeah, Art Exerces. Right? Yeah. There you yeah. go. I'm sorry. Yeah. Redneck again. Sorry. But anyway, and uh, he gets the timbers. He gets the permission to go yep. from from. Is it Babylon where yep. they're at yep. to go rebuild that wall? Yeah. And that is a part of this that Nehemiah accomplishes. Yeah. So Babylon, so Nebuchadnezzar has been taken out of the scene. Remember, Darius comes in. So now, mm -hmm. so the king, the Artaxerxes, the Persian government is out taking place. And then Nehemiah is then asked, can I go back 
to Israel to help rebuild for my people because it was a you know decree a long time ago. And the anointing of God was upon him and he was given the permission to go ahead and do that. And so, yeah, so that would have been the start of, from what I understand, listen, there's scholars on both sides and anybody that's out here that has studied this many times, I'm sure you might have different you know details and so forth. We're just given a bra- very basic brief overview. But from my understanding is that is where this that's started. Okay. So that from four 83 years. And again, I could be off. There could be a different dates and so forth. There's arguments on both sides, but this is what I'm seeing. So they're coming out of the 70 years of captivity in Babylon. And then, then this is like a new time clock that starts. Right. And that's revealed to Daniel while he's praying. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so he, so Daniel's understanding this is because he's with, you know, he's in the spirit. And so the spirit is revealing these truths. He might not understand it completely, They didn't fully comprehend it, but he's understanding that, no, the Messiah is coming. And, and the Israelites today will not see this. They're not seeing that, that 483 years. They're not seeing the 70th week of Daniel the same way. But the church is seeing it because we believe in the Messiah and we see the truth. And so we, we can read our New Testament and testify, no, that's what it's talking about. We can see it from a back sense where they at that time are still looking at it from, you know, the Messiah is going to be the conqueror. The Messiah is the one that's going to, you know, take back the land. Messiah is going to be a ruler of the universe, right? They're still seeing the end times part. They're not seeing that the Messiah has already come. But here, Daniel is saying, that's what God told him. That 483 years. So read our second point and, and we'll get into Daniel 926, unless you guys have something else to say on that. And then that will explain the Messiah. So the 69 weeks, there's kind of a pause, right? We're in the pause. The church age is the, kind of is the pause. So that's where we're jumping into verse 26. Now. Yeah. So after, well, that's after. So from 926 to 927, Daniel 927, we'll talk about that gap, that pause. We'll get into that. Okay. Let me read 926. It yeah. says, um, and after the 62 weeks, an anointed one shall be cut off and shall have nothing. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Its end shall come with a flood and to end there shall be war. I can't read. And to the <laughs> end there shall be war. Desolation, de- desolations are decreed. Yeah. So you want to talk about it? No, go ahead. Okay. So again, so 926. So what we're seeing here is the fulfillment of the the, the 483 years. So if we take, uh, according to the Jew, Jew, uh, Jewish calendar, the 360 days is what they, they, they went by. And we count out the time that they came into the actual temple to rebuild the temple, the temple part. And we, we go out to 483 years. There's three different things. And, and I, I don't know how much time we have, but let me just explain this real quick. So there's three different views of when this took place. Number one's view is some say that 483 years were completed of Jesus' birth in 5 uh, or 4 BC. Um, there's little chronological support for this date, but some say that. So they're, may, they're saying that there's an older time that the, the, the temple was rebuilt. Some say that 483 years were completed at his baptism at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, which would have been about AD 26. This is possible if one begins with the earlier decree of Artaxerxes and figure with our present measurements of years instead of the ancient measurements of 360 days. Now, some that argue that, I don't 
don't believe that. I believe that we have to go off the Jewish calendar because, again, God's talking to the Jewish people. So that's kind of my take on that. People can argue that that are a lot smarter than me. Here's my thought. Okay, so this is what I believe. So some say that 483 years were completed at the triumphal entry of Jesus, and that's about 32 A.D., um, there's a guy named Sir Robert Anderson. He did significant work uh, of the coming of the prince. And um, he, he did his argument was using a 360 day year, which Israel used as Daniel's day calculates to 173,880 days from the decree to the triumphal entry, fulfilling the prophecy to the day. It's a customary for the Jews to have 12 months of 360 days, each of them to insert a 13th month occasionally when necessary to correct the calendar. So from that time, from the time the temple to 483, fast, fast forward, we now have Jesus to the day on the triumphal entry coming on a donkey and them calling out Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. That prophecy was fulfilled in that moment. So we find that that, that in Zechariah 9.9, it says, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout in triumph, O daughter of Jerusalem. Behold, your king is coming to you. He is just and endowed with salvation, humble, mounted on a donkey, even a colt, the fool of a donkey. That prophecy was fulfilled. Well, you look back at, at what is Daniel praying about? He is praying, God, when are you going to restore yep. Israel to the nation of, of popularity and fame and power? Because that's the type of Messiah they were looking for, right? They were looking for a king. And, and it's amazing to me to, to look at this. And, and I wanted to insert the idea of the Old Testament and New Testament and the 400 years between it. Yeah. I mean, if you add that into the mix, I, I really make some interesting thoughts that yeah. that it would make sense that when Jesus comes on the scene, the reason why Jerusalem and the walls and the the central part of the nation Israel, the capital of Israel, right, needs to be rebuilt because he needs to be uh uh entering that not not like a conqueror on a steed, but like a humble servant on a donkey and as the messiah as as the one uh, that's anointed the anointed one and that that just like the prophecy says and was given to daniel that he would have to give his life and so man it's it's such an important prophecy and such an important uh everything pointing to that jesus really is the messiah and that uh this time frame that was given us this these 70 weeks uh, uh, it's just amazing. And, and that it's happened. Yeah. It's happened. And what does that mean? Yeah. We're in the last week. Oh yeah. yeah. And that yeah. At, close any, to it, yeah. Yeah, at any, any moment we're just, you know, I, I believe like you, Pete, that time has stopped, but at any moment that last week yeah. can begin. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, it's just it in the rumblings of the earth, and this COVID thing and all that we're going through is shouting in my spirit that mm. it's coming. Yeah. It's coming. It's in, soon. Talking about the prophecy, there's scholars 
scholars believe that there's been over 300 prophecies fulfilled when Jesus came back. And so when he was Messiah, the King of Kings at that time, that 300 prophecies were said of that day. And, and, and so there was a study, there was a study in science that speaks of the odds of someone fulfilling eight prophecies. And they said it would be like fulfilling just eight prophecies. He fulfilled 300, yeah. but the, just to fulfill eight prophecy, there would, it was 10 to the 17th power. So in this science article, they, they wrote, they said, let us try to visualize this chance. If you mark one of 10 tickets and place all of the 10 tickets in a hat and thoroughly stir them and then ask a blindfolded person to draw one, his chance of getting the right ticket is one of 10. That makes sense. But suppose we take 117 silver dollars and lay them on the face of Texas. They will cover all of the state two feet deep. Now mark one of these silver dollars and stir the whole mass thoroughly all over the whole state. Now blindfold that same person and tell them that they can travel as far as he wishes, but he must pick up one silver dollar and say this is the right one. <laughs> what chance would that person have in getting it right? Just the same chance that the prophets would have had the had of the writing these eight prophecies and having them all come true in just one man from their day to the present time, providing they wrote using their own wisdom. So just think about that. That's all. So here's Daniel prophesying of the Messiah. He was given divine word, divine understanding from God himself. And here Jesus fulfills three over 300, but just, that's just one in eight that we talked about. Yeah. What are the odds if it was just, it was him? I mean, I'm, I'm sure the statistics are out there, but that kind of leads us now into our, our last point. Excellent. So verse 27 says, and he shall make a strong covenant with many for one week. And for half of that week, he shall put to an end to sacrifice an offering. And on the wing of abominations shall come one who makes desolate until the decree end is poured out on the desolator. Okay, so this now is talking about, so it says, this is Daniel says, we'll begin the Israel coming of the Antichrist and make a covenant with him. It says, and he shall make a strong covenant with many for one week and for a half of a week, he shall put an end to the sacrifice and offering. So it's talking about, Half of one week would be three and a half years. Okay. So one week is seven years. Remember, we talked about that. Right. But in 26, it was talking about a gap. <clears throat> so it says in verse 26, or 26, he said, after the 62 weeks, an anointed one shall be cut off and have nothing. So when Jesus came back, right, the Jewish Israelite people, they looked at Jesus and they said, hey, He's not the Messiah. He didn't come and destroy uh, um, the Roman government. He didn't come and do that. He's not what we want the Messiah to do. That's that's later, but that's what they didn't see. So this is where he's cut off. So this is where he's talking about 62 weeks. An anointed one shall be cut off and shall have nothing. So it looks like he didn't do anything, but we as Christians know that he brought salvation to the world. He brought us hope. And, and the people of the prince will come to shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. So in AD 70, the city and the sanctuary was destroyed. Okay, so that took place. So this is a fulfillment of that prophecy. So in AD 70, the city, the temple was destroyed. And it shall come with a flood, and to the end, there shall be war, desolations, and decree. So Israel, since that time, 
For one, they weren't a nation member. We talked about them coming back in, but they've always had war. If you look at Israel, turn it on. There's always people trying to kill them. There's always things that are happening. They're always at war. They're always on their defense. That is taking place right now, as we know. But now we go into this next statement, and now it's talking about the 70th week. Okay, so now there's a gap. It says it says in 26 that, and after the 62 weeks, an anointed one shall be cut off and shall have nothing, and they have the prince. So there's a gap here. So now it gets into now the final seven years where it says, and he shall make a strong covenant with many for one week. So now who's he? Who's he talking about? Now we get picked up. Now after the Magog, after the invasion of Israel, after all of that, that now God's dealt with Israel. God's now, you know, blessed them again. Now the Antichrist, now this is what it's talking about. The Antichrist is now coming on the scene. He's now going to make a peace treaty with them. Okay. And so this, we're just trying to set this whole thing up. He's making a peace treaty with them. And then it says that after three and a half years, the desolation of uh, the, the abomination of desolation will take place. That is where he claims to be God. And so the temple will be made and he will claim to be God. And then um, um, from there, that's where the Israelites' eyes will open. We're going to talk about that in future episodes. They're going to see the Messiah for who he is. They're, then Jesus is then going to come, step foot on the Temple Mount, and he's going to take foot, take and destroy everything. And then we as the church will come back with him. But we'll talk about that later. But let's talk about who the Antichrist could be. Any thoughts on that, guys? Well, let's let's say this first, though, Bob. Uh, okay. Pete, that the church isn't here anymore, right? Yeah. At gone. this point, the church is out of there, and, yep. and that that battle uh, takes place, and and then and then there's this world leader that steps on the scene that is going to appear to be a friend to Israel, yep. and they're going to sign a covenant, yep. and there's going to be this treaty. There's going to be an appearance that that this person is all for Israel. And the reason why he's all for Israel is because he has the the ambition to rebuild the temple and sit on the throne in the temple, sit on where the place that inhabits the presence of God, that he wants to go in there and, and exalt himself as God. Now the presence of God is here and speaking about himself, mm. that as the Antichrist. And boy, that 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 is going to be a table turn when everybody thinks this guy is the Messiah. They're going to believe that the Antichrist is the Messiah. He's signing this treaty. He's taking care of us. And all of a sudden, the evil is revealed. Yep. So Daniel 9, 8, 23 is, is alluding to that the Antichrist is going to be an intellect. So this is going to be somebody that's very, very smart. In, in Daniel 11.43, it's talking about uh, commerce. It's talking about gold and silver and different things. So the Antichrist is going to have really good command of the commerce. And we know that in the end times, there's going to be one world government. There's going to be one world currency. And we'll talk about that more in future podcasts, but that's going to take place. It's also talking about in Revelation 6.2 when it says, Behold the white horse, and, and his rider is, uh, had a bow, and a crown was given to him, and he came out conquering and to conquer. Well, that's not talking about the Messiah. That's talking about the Antichrist. So it's gonna be, he's going to be a person of war. 
Um, he's going to be genius in speech. And that Daniel eleven twenty six 26, it says that he's going to be very good with his words. And, you know, I just thought of like uh, Obama, and I don't want to say that he's the Antichrist, but I'm just saying he's very good with his words. It's going to be a somebody, modern day, really good picture of how he would present himself. Yeah. I mean, it's he really comes across with really good with words. He's really good with attacking that. And then the other thing is he's going to be a politician. Revelation 17, 11 through 12. You know, it's talking about he's going to be a genius in, in politician. So it's this is who the Antichrist is going to be. Um, but, you know, there, he's actually more than that. He's going to be three. There's going to be three different parts of Antichrist. You guys want to talk about that or go into that a little bit more? Yeah, well, that part is really confusing to me. I, I'd like to hear more <laughs> about that. But you you were talking before we jump into that, you were All talking right. about what he's going to look like or what he's going to sound like. And, I, you know, I can just envision you know, don't pick on Obama, but, you know, <laughs> I, I, this person is going to just be really, really good in front of the camera. I think, you know, they're going to, especially, you know, we think it's close, right? We think the time is close and you think about technology today and, and, and people that, you know, everybody's about the likes and the hits and, you know, all that kind of stuff. This person more than likely is just going to be uh, phenomenal in front of a camera, right? They're going to be able to um, communicate, much better than I can. <laughs> you know, you're able to communicate really, really well and draw an audience. You know, they're going to just, it's going to be, you, you talk about going viral. This person is going to, is going to go viral. And, and you, you talked about the, the piece, I think Barry was talking about the peace accord, right? Isn't that, is that the start of the seventh, the 70th week? Yes. Like, that's like the, you know, signing of the peace is, is the start of the final 70th week of Daniel. All right. Yes. So now let's talk about the three and one or the antichrist. Is there three antichrist or is there just one three any? Is there just one? Well, let me let me speak to that. Yeah. Now, now um, the antichrist is is a individual, but we got to know who's behind this, right? It is Satan's uh, plot yep. and plan yep. to destroy Israel. Yep. And and why does he want to destroy Israel? Because it's precious to God's heart. <laughs> See, Satan hates everything that God loves because he hates God and he wants to be God. And if you think about it, in this world, Satan has tried to copy everything that God's done. That's why we call him the Antichrist. It, it's, it's something like this, that it's Satan's son, just like God had an only begotten son. And this is his boy. He's proud of him. He's going to give him, he's, he's going to give him what he offered Christ. In the temptation. Oh, think about that yeah, now. That's good. Mm -hmm. And and he is going to give him everything this world has to offer. And and the reason why he's so influential is because the power of this world's behind him. Yeah. And he is standing uh, against everything that that Jesus stood for. He, the, the Antichrist is never going to ride a donkey. I promise you that. <laughs> He's going to drive a Tesla. No, uh, he's gonna, it's going to be a Rolls Royce or whatever it is. I don't know. Maybe it's the uh, new newish plane. But anyway, yeah, the new hovercraft. There you go. There you go. But but just like God has revealed himself to him as triune, a, a trinity. There is a trinity here. Yeah. And just like Satan presents himself as the father. And the son is the Antichrist and so forth. So that that's what I see from this. And, and it's just an incredible depth of evil and intent that is nothing but a lie. 
Yeah. I think our last two presidents kind of set it up. So we have Obama, which was the really good motivator and good communicator, and he had the backing of the world. And then we had the pompous Trump, where he was bragging about himself and always talking about how good and everything that he does. And um, he was all about flashy and gold and, and all of this stuff. And he was a pretty prideful guy, even though he did tried to help with the people and he was about that. So I don't want to knock on him too much. I want to be very careful with that. But there's, there's it kind of does set it up. So this person is going to be somebody that has power. This is going to be somebody, the Bible calls him the beast or it calls him, you know, he's going to be, um, he's going to be always about himself. You know, what the accomplishments that he's done, it's going to be, you know, I'm the one that brought a peace treaty. I'm the one that's helping the economy. I'm the one that's, you know, bringing all the religions of the world together. And so this is where we're getting the different antichrist. So the, this European, we believe he's a European. He's, he's going to come from Europe from, again, do your own study, check this out on yourself. We don't have time to go into this, but we believe he's coming from the European Union. We believe that he is going to probably be good looking. He's going to have really good communication skills. He's going to really have power and pull and the world's going to pull from him. But in order to get all of the world on board, he's going to have to have a religious help. He's going to have to have somebody that's going to back him up. They're going to have to give him authority. They're going to have to give him the prowess, the yes, now the whole world, because that's what divides people. Remember, it's the religion. It's not just politics, it's religion. So that's all going to have to come together. And what's going to inspire that is going to be Satan himself. So Satan is going to possess this Antichrist, this world leader, this guy is going to be possessed by Satan. Now, I don't know if that happens at the beginning of the, the peace treaty or if that happens at the three and a half years. Maybe at that time is when Satan possesses him because that is when the bulls are on. on the, that's when the great wrath of God is unrevealed after the three and a half years are up. We'll talk about that again in the, in the future. But that's what's going to happen. And we believe that the, the Antichrist is going to come in, uh, in the, in, 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 from Rome. I mean, the one Antichrist of the religious leader is going to come from Rome. It might be the Pope. It might be something from the Vatican City, but it's going to come from Rome. And I, if, we're, if God blesses us, we might have JD on next week, and we could talk about the, the Daniel 9, um, 7, 3 through 8, which is talking about Rome. And then we can have kind of put a show together to, to kind of explain why we believe that it's going to be coming from Rome and why is Rome going to play such a big role in these last times. If yeah. that's something you want to hear about, uh, comment, please. Mm. Yeah, if let you us want to know. know why we think it was about Rome, put that in the comments. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see those comments. Yeah. In Revelation 17, 8, 9, it says the beast that Saul was and is not and is about to rise from the bottomless pit and go to destruction. And he dwells on the earth whose names have not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world who marvel to the beast because it is and, it, and is not and is to come. This calls for mind with wisdom, the seven heads and are seven mountains of which the woman is seated. So again, it's this is this is the religious leader that's talking to the people that do not have the mark of the beast. And so the people that have the mark of the beast are, this is not who he's talking to. This is talking to, it says right here, it says the dwellers on the earth whose names have not been written in the book of life. 
So these are the people, the people that have the names that are written in the book of life do not have the mark of the beast. They did not accept that one world currency. They did not accept the Antichrist, the world leader's Antichrist's decree. And so this Antichrist is talking to those people. He's deceiving those people to worship the, the, the world leader, the beast, the marvel to see the beast. But then it says at the very end, it throws us a curveball. This is why we believe it's Rome. It throws us that curveball. It says the seven heads are seven mountains on which the woman is seated. We're going to get into that more when we get to Revelation 17 in our future podcast. But this we believe is Rome, because if you just type into your Google and just put the city of seven hills and Rome's going to pop up, you know, even though it's, you know, the eternal city, you know, that's what the Vatican wants you to call it. But it's the city of seven hills. Other places might be India. But India is nowhere in the Bible. We don't see that in context. We see Rome everywhere. We see the Vatican everywhere. But so, but if you look at it, there's it's it's there's seven hills, and and that came from the tradition holds that Romulus and Remus founded the original city of Palatine Hill on April twenty first, seven fifty three B.C., and that the seven hills were first occupied by small settlements that are not grouped. And so that's that when you look at that, that city is known as the city in seven hills. There's seven different hills that are around it, seven different mountains, if you want to call it, and that is that's. Where we that's how we get that conclusion. I, I think another point that points to Rome is where did Paul really have a burden sure. to carry the gospel? Yeah. And and probably that's where he was killed, right? Yeah, he was. And yeah. so, man, that just puts so many thoughts in my mind to think that out of Rome, this this religious uh support of the Antichrist that's gonna tell the world to to uh take the mark and, and, and that this guy can be trusted. He's our, our Messiah. I mean, uh, that is something else. So, so this is the truth that the Antichrist is not going to be Jewish. Nope. Nor, nor Muslim. Yep. Yep. So he is going to be from out of the European area area. So he's not going to be either one. And that's, that's, that I hear a lot of talk out there that this person, this Antichrist has got to be Jewish. And a lot of people say he's got to be Muslim and almost making the Muslim nation, you know, an anti-Christ nation. But yeah. but that's not the case. This is this is going to rise up out of Europe. So. Yeah, the Pope has, if you guys can look this up on YouTube and can find this, the Pope has had a meeting with the Muslims and the Jewish, and he's had an actual, like a sanctuary, like a, like a full-on service, a worship service with these other two religions. And, and, and they had them all come together and they're, you know, one world faith, one world thing. So this is already, this is not like we're fetching this thought process. This is already happening today. So this is what is it's going to? We can see the writing on the wall. So that's kind of that's today's show, guys. Any thoughts? <laughs> well, we covered a lot of territory, that's for sure. Yeah. I've got more questions than answers, I think. What other questions do you have? Anything? Well, I'm looking forward to hearing more about this uh, why it's why it's Rome. And I mean Barry just said it's not going to be a Muslim or a Jew. Mm-hmm. So that leaves what Gentile. So um man, I'm just I'm, the more I learn about this, the more fascinated I become and uh, the, the more I want to learn. But I, I just got to keep in mind that we're not going to be here for right. this, right? So it's like, don't 
you shouldn't, this shouldn't be a topic of fear. This is more of, you know, it's just knowledge and, and uh, something to share with your friends. But, you know, if you're listening to this after the rapture. Yeah, you know, unless you're left behind. You know, if you're left behind, yeah. then, you know, here's some truth that uh, you can you can grasp onto. And Don't take the mark of the beast, you're okay. Yet. Yeah. Do not take the mark of the beast, <laughs> right? And we're going to talk more about the mark of the beast. Yeah. It will jump into Revelation. Today was uh, mostly about Daniel, um, but it ties right into the book of Revelation. And we're going to really jump into that over the next several weeks. And I'm looking forward to next week's show. Yeah, it's just setting up the Antichrist. So there's always this talk about who's the Antichrist and all that. For, for believers and followers of Christ, you do not have to worry about that. We will be raptured. We will be caught up, as it says in 1 Thessalonians 4. We will be with God for all eternity at that time. If, there, if you're left behind or you haven't heard about God, um, then that is something that will give you an opportunity today to give your life to the Lord. So, Barry, would you like to help us there? Yeah. You know, we say that we don't have to worry about it. And when we say we, we, we're talking about the church. The church is going to be spared of the tribulation and, and these wars and, and all that because Christ does not want his bride to go through it. And we, we previous show, right? But if you're fearful and, and you don't know for sure that you're going with the church, that you're going to be raptured, you don't know for sure you're a child of God, and you don't know for sure that that uh, you have eternal life, you have forgiveness of sin, and you are a part of the family of God, please don't play with that. There is no more important decision to make today than that decision right there to receive Jesus Christ. See, you know, I, I go back to what Pete was saying about the prophecies that were fulfilled in one person, Jesus Christ. There is no one else like him. And he said these words, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. See, you cannot get there through being a good person. You cannot enter the family of God, get forgiveness of sin, and go to heaven because you go to church. We go to church because we're saved. We go to church because we want to worship Jesus and God. But Going to church doesn't make you a Christian. This one thing that makes you a Christian is that you have invited Jesus Christ to come sit on your life, on the throne of your life, and you have made him Lord of your life, and you desire to ask him to forgive you of your sins and to rule your life, and you have submitted to his authority. My brother, my sister, dear one that's listening to this, hmm. have you done that? Have you invited Jesus Christ to come live inside of you to become your life, become your way, and become your truth? If you have not, what must I do to do that? Well, Romans 10, 13 says, whosoever, it doesn't matter if you are a Jew, Gentile, Muslim, or from any other religion or nation. Amen. It's whosoever calls upon the name of the Lord. Mm shall be saved. Hmm. And that word call, it, it really means to, to call him your Lord. It really means to put your trust in him. So the reason why we aren't everyone a Christian is because of sin. The Bible says our sin separates us from God. And the Bible tells us very plainly that the wrath of God is coming against those who are sinners. Hmm. And what Jesus did is that that wrath, that payment that needed to be paid, he paid that through his blood on the cross. Jesus is the Messiah. And he, and he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey and, and, 
a few days later, he was crucified for our sins, not because of anything he did, not because he was a criminal, but because he was the, the lamb of God sent to be the holy sacrifice to get forgiveness of sins. It is the only way. Would you receive him today, please? I mean, I, I'm willing to just beg, please, because I know there is no other way to life. And if you don't know him for sure and for certain, would you pray something similar to this prayer from your heart to God's heart? Only you can make that decision for yourself. Dear God, I know that you created me. I know that you love me. And I'm blown away that you want a relationship with me, that I was created for that purpose. But God, I know that you're holy and I'm not. And I know that I do I don't measure up to your standard for all of sin and fallen short of the glory of God. I am a sinner and I repent of that. And I admit that. And I, I want to say, I'm sorry. And I'm so thankful that you would send Jesus Christ to die for me. Precious, pure, unsinful blood shed on a cross, the greatest act of love on my behalf for me, as if I was the only person that ever lived, Jesus, you died for me. And so that deserves my all, my devotion, my worship, my attention, my sacrifice. I want you to live through me and in me. Jesus, I believe that you died on the cross. I believe you were buried. And I not only believe that, I believe you are alive because the grave could not hold you. Mm. Satan could not uh, keep you. Hell could not hold on to you either. And that sin uh, was paid for in full. And the Father said that by raising you from the grave. I believe that you are alive. And I believe that you are the King of Kings. And so I surrender to you and I invite you to sit on the throne of my life right now. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen. If you, if you made that decision today, thank you. Tell everybody you can. It's the truth. Tell us Pete what they can do. Yeah, the Bible says that all the angels in, in, in heaven rejoice when one person gives their life to the Lord. Amen. So right now, if you gave your life to the Lord, there's a party going on. And, and and we would love to hear about it. So if you go onto our website at riadpodcast.co, C-O, go to the top, the No God section, click on No God, go all the way down to the bottom and click yes, that you did give your life to the Lord. Fill out that form. We'd love to get you some information and uh, and reach out to you and connect you with a local Bible-believing church. And I was just thinking, you know, guys, a challenge to the people. Don't take our word for this. Get into the word this yeah. week. Read Daniel 9, verse 24 through 27. Learn about the 70th week for yourself. And here's another awesome way to study. Read about the, the prophecies that Jesus fulfilled, the 300. Go do some research on that. Here's just a few. Isaiah 7, 14 says, therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel. Mm -hmm. So how does the, how does the Israelites not see this? How do the Jews not see that that was fulfilled in Luke 1, 35? Mm 
Here's another one. But you, Bethlehem, Ephrathah, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come for me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are a fold from ancient times. Micah 5.2. How do they not see that? How do they not understand that that's talking about the Messiah? Daniel saw that 483 years from that prophecy, from the time that Israel became a nation, that was fulfilled. We talked about Zechariah 9.9, that he came on a foal, on a donkey. I mean, there's so many. It goes on and on and on. Yeah, Isaiah 53. Oh, man. One of the best of all. Yeah, the suffering servants. Psalms 22. It's talking about his crucifixion. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Yeah. So think about that. And just the crucifixion that it's talking about in Psalms 22, that was written like 400 or 500 years before it was even invented by the Romans. Yeah. So here's crucifixion way before. So there's just so many things that you guys can, if you want your faith to increase, do a deep dive there. Bob? Good stuff, Pete. Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't beat him up too much, but I, we all get in our minds and we have we have in our thought process what something should look like. And I'm I'm sure that they were just, you know, they, they thought they were getting a conqueror from Rome. And they didn't realize that they were getting a conqueror from sin. And uh, man, just, just looking for the wrong thing, even if they were looking in the right place. But what an amazing show. Looking God, for love right. in all the wrong places. There we go. God is love. God is love. First job. <laughs> if you're watching this on YouTube, click that subscribe button. And uh, if you're watching, if you're listening to us wherever you get podcasts, just do us a favor. I'm asking you, please, and pretty please, to, uh, you know, if you enjoy the show, uh, share it with somebody um, and just tell them, hey, you know, I, I heard this podcast. These guys are nuts. They're crazy. They're funny. Maybe but, you uh, are. But maybe you are too. <laughs> you know, I think you'll enjoy it. Check it out. And if you think we are just absolutely nuts and crazy, that's just even a better reason to share it. Share it with a friend. Say, hey, check these crazy lunatics lunatics out. So whichever is the case, uh, we would be honored if you would share this with your friends. Mm -hmm. But uh, wherever you listen to it, make sure you subscribe, um, punch like, and uh, check us out on YouTube. We're... uh, it's kind of interesting having a video up and getting to see uh, kind of the interaction between the guys. Um, but it's if you have time to to watch it, I know some of you listen in the car. Don't do it in the car. Um, but if you're, <laughs> if you're listening to a podcast in the car, yeah, that's good. Yeah. But if you can and you have the time or the opportunity to do watch both. it on YouTube, you know, skip the next episode of what's one of those crazy shows that people watch. Uh, what winter's I, coming? What is that? What is that? I show? don't know. I don't know. Don't watch that much TV. So, so skip <laughs> skip a Netflix binge and, and watch us on YouTube. Yeah. Check it out. But please share it. Uh, we'd really appreciate that. We love you guys. We pray for you guys every single week. You're the reason we do this show. Mm. And uh, we're just so grateful for you. So thankful for you. Thankful for our executive producer, Christine. Amen. And uh, man, our team all around the world that helps put this, this show together Amen. every week. What a blessing you are. Love you guys. Thank you guys. And cannot wait to our our show next week. I got two last things on my heart, guys. I want to thank Princess. I want to thank Anna. I want to thank uh, Christian as well for their hard work that helped us do this. But he was talking about sharing this. I think think it's very important that you share this with your pastor because pastors are very, very busy. They're very lonely. They're very isolated and they need an encouraging word. And I, I wanted to close out this this time today saying how much we really appreciate our pastors. Out Amen. There. God bless them. Yeah. Thank y'all for tuning in. Be blessed guys. This has been the riot podcast. If you liked what you heard today, 
please feel free to leave a comment and share it with your friends. See you back here next week for another episode of The Riot Podcast.